You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Hey everybody, Justin Zarian. If you like what you hear on this podcast or any of the other shows here on oneofus.net, please consider being a subscriber. We cannot do these shows without you. You guys are wonderful. You guys are fantastic. We just want to keep entertaining and informing and whatever we can do with you guys for as long as we can. Starting at $2 a month, you get access to all kinds of exclusive content at our subscriber forums. Uh, at $2, you get The Breakfast Pub, which is the stuff that I write and the stuff that Chris usually hosts and sometimes I host. At $5, you get even more exclusive content, including some special party podcasts with The Gathering. And then at $10 and above, you get exclusive commentary tracks for movies. Uh, it's really, really fun, and I think you guys would really enjoy it. But right now, I'm super excited to introduce this podcast because... I requested another music piece from my good friend Lorenzo Giusti. And to launch this new season of Eye on the Prize, cue the music. Oh my gosh, we're back! It's the Eye on the Prize! Woo! Revamped, reloaded, renewed, re, re regurgitated. I don't know. What other RE words we can use to start off this? <laughs> Redux. Eye on the Prize Redux. <laughs> Remastered. Remastered. Oh, it's the, the best video game. Game of the Year. Eye on the Prize. Remastered. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, this is Eye on the Prize. Uh, Definitely not season two, because Oscar season hasn't started proper yet, but this is a, a little bit of a preview, a, a 1.5, if you will. You the, know? Pro, the prologue. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter zero of this next season. <laughs> uh, first of all, you may have noticed we actually have theme music now. We, uh, we're demoing music, it. dude. It's so good. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. I want to give a shout out to the composer who also wrote the music for our Screener Squad podcast, Lorenzo Giusti. Uh, he's a very good friend of mine who actually, you know, this whole little Mormon circle I have, he was a missionary friend of mine in England. So, <laughs> y'all y'all, y'all get tight. <laughs> Dude, you would not realize, like, if you know, like, if you and one other Mormon are in any place together, you just have a connection. You just know who you are, you know? I feel like, <laughs> it's, like... Dude, I feel like it's like the real-life John Wick universe, how, like, everyone is an assassin. <laughs> where somehow you, like, found the network where, like, everyone is a Mormon. <laughs> You know, we do have those. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, we have a few little groups. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we do a lot less assassinating, though. Just just saying. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot less murder. <laughs> yeah, just just a bit. But, yeah. So we got... That I know about. <laughs> and we will never tell you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we got this little demo. So, basically, what we're going to do for this podcast. Now, I've been, you know, obviously... Because I, I'm a nerd and I don't have much else with my life, kind of, um, I like to keep an eye out for, like, just the films that are coming out each week. And I like to see, hey, uh, what's this film like? Or, hey, I've been seeing trailers for this big Oscar film. Or the news is coming out for this film coming out this year. And I like to just kind of, you know, put my feelers out to see what may be coming up for the Oscar season. So, um, with that and a recent little ceremony that the Los Angeles Film Critics put out that we're going to talk about... We decided to do a bit of a what's coming in 2008 kind of episode. So 2008? Just, I mean, sorry, sorry, 2018. <laughs> I, I don't know what. 
<laughs> Yo, listen. The Dark Knight, that's going to be the best movie of the year. I don't know. Maybe. It hasn't come out yet. We don't know. <laughs> you know I've heard a little bit about this this film called Slumdog Millionaire. I, 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 it's a little indie film. It probably can't get anywhere, right? Not, not, listen, it, it ain't getting nothing, man. I'm telling you right now. It's about to bomb. All right. Like 2018 preview. There we go. <laughs> Fixed. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Uh, basically, we're going to run through this um, list of nominees from the Los Angeles online film critics and then we're gonna do just a little bit like we're gonna look back at the first half of the year and see if anything anything even has a chance of making it to the oscars or just our fantasy like what we hope makes it and then we're gonna do a preview of the films that we're most excited to look forward to this oscar season uh i can't wait i've been looking through these lists like the last few days and it we got some good stuff coming up this year i think yeah i'm just i'm I'm trying to find which one, like, because I'm mostly into genre films, so I'm trying to filter out the genre stuff to, like, what would actually still make it onto the ceremony at all. <laughs> yeah, you gotta look at the director's names, just like, okay, this person, yeah, definitely not a genre film. That that might be an Oscar baby thing. <laughs> Listen, if, like, Robin Hood with Taron Egerton somehow makes it to the Oscars, I will just be there in disbelief, like, huh, well, that is an odd pick, but all right. <laughs> Robin Hood for everything. You know, Suicide Squad won an Oscar, so anything can happen. <laughs> Just we, we ain't gonna talk about that. We ain't gonna talk about nope. that. Nope, nope, nope. But, yeah, and also, uh, just if you want to follow along with Oscar predictions as well, a lot of sites that we follow, or at least I follow for predictions, are things like the Award Circuit, Awards Daily. Uh, just look up Oscar Predictions 2018, and usually you'll find the major tracker sites for these things. They, uh, they're a really good help. They're not always right, because... I, I know a few of those people who write on that website, those websites, and they're a little biased, <laughs> to say in the least. They're just like, oh yeah, this film, why doesn't everyone love this film? It's going to get so many nominations. The nominees come out, there's like one nomination for a minor category for that film. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, remember when, remember when Drive was supposed to take all the nominations? Like, best picture, best director, best supporting actor, ah, best this. I remember that. That, was, <laughs> yeah, it's like, listen, that, wasn't, that wasn't like film critics saying that. That was like every single film student ever saying that. And I remember the collective gasp when they announced supporting actor. And it's like, wait a minute, Albert Brooks wasn't anywhere on there. And then just <laughs> continued disappointment as they went through every category. It's like, all right, so Drive got one nomination for sound editing. And I was Ooh. sitting there like, I told y'all. <laughs> you were right. I I, I never <laughs> saw Drive before I, before that, so I didn't. I wasn't too invested. And when I finally watched it, I'm like, no, nope, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Sound editing. That's that's Listen, good. I think I know at least like four people who have the jacket. <laughs> that jacket seems to be everywhere. I mean, I see I see people on my Steam profile playing Hotline Miami all the time, and uh, <laughs> you, yeah. you see a little jacket walking around there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so let's move on to this list here. Now, I just stumbled upon this completely by accident when I was going through my usual news stuff for the Breakfast Pub, which. Plug, plug. Check it out every week on our subscriber podcast. <laughs> um, I'm on there occasionally. It's great. Yep, Shaq is on there, and he is awesome. He's a great co-host. So uh, so here, I was just Thank interested. You, buddy. Oh, you're welcome. I, I always like to give credit where credit's due. So. And you're but, also great. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> We're so much complimenting <laughs> okay, today. Let's get, back, let's get back to the damn show. <laughs> 
All right. So, yeah, Los Angeles Online Film Critics Society, they had their little mid-season nominees. I, I think this is mostly just kind of a, that's fun. These films will probably never get mentioned again after this point. But, you know, if, if we were to do the Oscars for the first half of the year, this is what would be on our list. Yeah. And it's an interesting little selection they got assembled here. It's mostly, you know, the same, like, eight films dominating most categories. But it's it's curious to see if any of these at all have a chance of enduring to the end of the year. So uh, let's start with this first category here. we got Best Adapted Screenplay, which, uh, Shaq, do you have the uh, webpage open on your end? I do not. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, no worries. <laughs> that way, no, was a no, bad no segue. I'll... If you could toss me a link real quick. <laughs> well, I, I can do that in the background here. But while I do that, here are the nominees for Best Adapted Screenplay. we got Black Panther. we got Annihilation. we got Love, Simon. Uh, you Were Never Really Here. And then Paddington 2. Huh, okay, Paddington 2 did make it! Awesome! <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I'm glad, because technically, I, I mean, it's probably not going to get any recognition at the Oscars, because it's technically a 2017 release in England, but if by any reason there's a technicality where it is considered, yes. I think the thing is, it is, because is it with the Oscars, it's supposed to be, if it plays in at least one theater in L.A. in within a calendar year, then it goes for the awards of the next year. So, like... It because it only came out in American theaters in January. It means it's applicable for next year's Oscars. Well, it better be because freaking Paddington too. Like maybe this says a lot about my movie taste, but that's still like my top five of the year so far. Like that movie, I still haven't even seen it. <laughs> Full disclosure, I've been meaning to. I said I would watch the first one first, and I still haven't done that either. Oh well, it's on Netflix, so yeah, I think Paddington one's there, and I don't know if the second one is yet, but it should be soon. But yeah, that first movie is infectiously just cheery and clever and wonderful. And the second movie is just as good, like almost exactly the same level of excellence everywhere. So just really, really great. Now, of these movies on this list, the only two I haven't seen yet, uh, one of which I hope to see soon, You Were Never Really Here, and then one, I believe it just came out on Blu-ray a few weeks back, Love, Simon. Those are the ones I haven't seen yet. Uh, have you seen yeah. those ones? Um, I literally just saw You Were Never Really Here maybe about like less than a week ago. And I can see – this is one of those ones where it's like I get the artistry and I see why everyone enjoys it. Personally, I was not crazy about it. But, Fair enough. But I do see why it's here because it is – it's a tense-ass movie though. Oh, yeah. Just even the trailers alone were pretty like – it's very arty. It's very well shot. It's very gritty. Like what? Freaking – there's that one shot. They open the door and just like blood splatters on Joaquin's oh. face. The <laughs> thing is, is I don't rem- – like I remember I saw the trailer, but I didn't remember any of it when I was watching the actual movie. So when that happens, I went, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> because the thing yeah. is, it's, it's really like – it's a brutal movie without actually showing any brutality. Like on, like a visual on screen like brutality, and so when that happens, that's one of those ones where it just kind of flips and it's just like, oh, Ooh, okay, <laughs> yeah, no, I I was shocked by that, but uh, you know, just hearing those stories kind of thing, and it looks really cool. I'm probably it's one of the things where I just barely missed getting to the art the indie theater for it. So I think you I think you would love it. I Absolutely hope so. My, my friend saw it. And he loved it. Like like he just ate it all up. He was so into that movie. So I can't wait. Mm. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah, that looks cool. Now, on the other hand, I did see Annihilation, which was being hyped up on that level of like, oh, this is like the best, most profound, arty movie this year. Uh, boy, that movie's boring. <laughs> it, like, it, it, I think it's it's a, a bit of a slog, but not 
bad. Like, I still enjoyed myself during it in a weird way because I was just curious to see where the fuck this story was going to go considering it went in, like, five different directions that I really didn't expect it to, especially with that creepy-ass bear. Um, that was the best thing part. Is, that, that bear it, was the best scene. That bear is great. <laughs> if anything, I feel like it might get, like, uh, an effects nom just for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the the screenplay itself, I feel like it just opens a lot of questions that it never answers, but it's a lot more frustrating in that sense. Not yeah, in a way, like, not it, in a way that like, I want to find out, but just I'm just like, you could have just explained some of this. Just so I feel like I, I didn't waste my time. Yeah, no, that was the problem. Was like The first 40 minutes felt like nothing of, of note happened that was significant. And then the rest of the movie picked up once it, when they went into the giant the, the shimmer, that, that the yeah, whole the place shimmer. in there. And it had some really good ideas, but it's, it's kind of the way I felt about Ex Machina, uh, Alex Garland's other film, where I'm like, it's got some great ideas, and it's just barely skimming the surface on most of them. It, yeah, you know, just like parallel dimensions and uh, mutations of the human body and this kind of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, it's interesting. It just doesn't really feel like it went anywhere notable with it. For, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, the thing is, is at least with it's kind of like I love Ex Machina, so that that one I I can't fully agree with you on that, but I see where you're coming from. Fair but yeah, enough. no, Annihilation is it's an interesting movie, but it's one that I wouldn't really recommend to a lot of people. But I can still see that, like, in terms of just like adapted screenplays, there hasn't been that many really really good ones aside from like the five that are nominated. Um, and I still yeah, no, see I love agree. Simon, by the way. So I, I still do want to see it because I heard it was actually really good. Yeah, no, I've heard a lot of good stuff about that one too. Um, although then, of course, the, the big one, Black Panther. Black Panther. Fucking uh, <laughs> <laughs> love that shit. You know, okay, I really enjoyed Black Panther a lot. I thought it was a very fun Marvel movie. But I'm waiting for the but. If that movie gets a Best Picture nomination, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna tear my hair out. I'm just. Like, <laughs> Look, okay, Get Out, I can accept with the Best Picture nomination. Just like, yeah, that movie's really good. It's very well done. It's a little bit more grounded. Even for being a horror film, it's at least grounded enough that's like, okay, that's not too genre for the Academy. Black Panther, look, it's a fun movie, but when I think of Best Picture... <laughs> Justin, here's the thing. You're out here dating black people, but you won't like black movies. <laughs> I don't say don't like black uh, I'm movies. kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Before anyone says anything about how Justice the Racist is not true. I, I have some very definitive tr- proof it's not true. Just saying. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, I, I, listen, I get why people love this Listen, movie. the moment you said that butt and you said you mentioned Get Out, an idea sprung in my head is like, oh, I gotta fuck with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a good friend you're just so you're so great shag you're such a good friend <laughs> yes always i'm here for you buddy <laughs> <laughs> well okay so i will say that the writing in black panther is pretty good i i don't have any confidence it's going to be an adapted screenplay contender by the end of the year it's just it's just it's it's a good decent attempt at kind of adding political social commentary but then it's still got that problem that most Marvel movies do, where the third act just felt like, all right, we got to end this at some point, kind of thing. That yeah, that I, like I get that, but I do th- like I do think the strip, the script itself is still strong enough, despite that third act, to where it like it's still a long shot that it can get nominated. Because remember, like Logan was barely just got. It. I feel like Logan barely got yeah. it. Yeah, for adapted screenplay anyway. Yeah. And I, I don't think that Black Panther will, st- will make that final cut. But 
I wouldn't be against it being on there come Oscar season. I guess not. I mean, I just... It, it, again, it'll depend on what other adapted screenplays come out this year. Because there's some exactly, very high-profile yeah. films. Yeah, but... So let's just... Let, I'll say this. If this year is really weak for adapted screenplays, then sure. I, I can handle it. Handle it. I just... It's not my front runner in any capacity at this point. So, I mean, just, I would, I would just know that listen, just just know that. just know <laughs> that if Black Panther makes it but Paddington Two doesn't, I will laugh in your face. It will be it will be a mockery of love, but like I will still laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it. Yeah. So, uh, all with that uh, being said and everything, let's move on to original screenplay, which I'm very fascinated by this list that they've compiled together because. Okay, so we got A Quiet Place. It's mostly which... genre flicks. <laughs> yeah, it's almost exclusively horror films. Actually, yeah, I think three of them are horror movies, and then the other two are one drama and one animated film. Because, yeah, it's, it's Quiet Place, Hereditary, Tully, Isle of Dogs, and Upgrade. Which, that last one, I'm like, yay, people are paying attention to that movie. Woo! <laughs> right? <laughs> Man, <laughs> I remember you had messaged me the moment I said I was going to go see it, because it only... Like, it came out on June 1st in America, but we didn't get it until, like, a good three weeks later um, up in Canada. So the moment I said I was going to go see it, you were like, listen, you're prepared. uh, I'm expecting you to love it. And I came out, and I fucking adored that shit, man. Oh, yeah. No, that movie, I I had no idea what to expect going in. Just like, okay, it's going to be a fun little dark romp kind of thing. But, wow, it really surprised me. It's, it's not to say that it was flawless, but it just, it lingered so long after I watched the movie. I was very impressed. The thing is, it's also smarter than you'd think it would be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, it, like, it could easily, it could have easily taken, like, the, the B-movie route, where it's just super fun and schlocky, but it does, it, it dips its toe in it, but doesn't go full schlock, and decides to go, listen, we have some broader implications that we kind of want to bring into this. Yeah, yeah. It, it has a lot more going under, uh, go, going for it kind of thing. Now, on the other hand, another film I felt really, really owned up to that and really overperformed with my expectations was Hereditary. Which, <laughs> whew, man, I, I love that movie. I love it so much. Like, that's a film where, I mean, spoiler for my for the later sections, I'm going to be rooting for this film come Oscar time for a couple categories. Just, just saying. Oh, there, you know, there's a couple things I'm definitely rooting it for. I do, I like it a lot. But the thing is, I feel like the more I think about that third act, is the more I don't like it. If the it, like, oh, see, cause I feel that, like that's the part I really liked about I it. Feel, like, I felt like it really tied it off personally. <laughs> I, I think the the problem with it was that like I feel like it was leading for something different than what it actually ended up being. And what it and like it, while that whole set piece was cool in like, in the sense of just like oh this is batshit insane I don't know what's happening but that's creepy and that's creepy and that's creepy, just the way it kind of tied up at the very very end I was just like kind of like oh, all right I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know it's different strokes, but I I, I personally liked it. Uh, hmm. Quiet place. But no, I, it's it's still it's still really it's like those first two acts are really really strong, especially that thing that happens. Half an hour in, where you're just like, Ooh. "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah, that was the that was that was brutal. Um, but yeah, and then, so then we just got... sorry, just, just to finish, but just the, the also the dinner scene that alone deserves the best original screenplay knob just off that scene. Oh yeah, both for screenplay and for actress because freaking uh, uh, Tony yeah, Collette, she <laughs> Tony Collette, she's amazing. She she is so good in that show. 
uh, that movie. Uh, but yeah, so the other three nominees, you know, Quiet Place, it's mostly sign language, but it's it's a solidly written script on, on the whole, you know, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Isle of Dogs, you know, it's not the best Wes Anderson script ever written, but I thought it was solid all the way through. I I, I don't see it going on to the big categories, but it, it is possible. And then Tully, you know, I haven't seen Tully yet, so I can't judge it fairly. But I don't think that's going to be the big Jason Reitman film this year. There's another one. I coming. absolutely don't think so either. No, there's another one coming wait, out. Is there another? Um, one? Is yeah, yeah. There's another one. I'm. Re- I, I can't wait to talk about it. It sounds really cool. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Uh, now moving on to best supporting actor. This is interesting. So we got again. There's going to be a lot of genre throughout a lot of these categories because it's mostly genre films that've been dominating. We got Alex <laughs> yep. Wolf for Hereditary. Uh, we got. Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther. Woo! <laughs> That's pretty cool. Mm, yay. Um, Josh Brolin for Avengers Infinity War. Uh, Jesse Plemons for Game Night. And then Hugh Grant for Paddington 2. Okay, so I, I've seen all these except for Paddington 2. But I just want to say that th- two of these are massive surprises to me. One of them being Josh Brolin for Avengers Infinity War. And the other being Jesse Plemons in Game Night. Right. They're both fantastic, <laughs> but they're so not what I think of just like best supporting actor nominations. But like at the very least, if there was any of these five that would actually make it, that'd be like the most pleasantly surprised would be Josh Brolin. Um, I was mostly, I was also super surprised at how good Alex Wolf was in Hereditary. Like I feel like because Tony Collette is so good that it almost overshadows the rest of the movie. But Alex Wolf did a really really good job. Oh, yeah, no, he had a couple major sequences that really required a lot from him as an actor, especially near the end, where it's just like, yeah, he had a lot of emotional weight to carry there. Where it's all him, basically. Oh, yeah, no, the problem was, though, uh, I, I don't remember if it was Martin or somebody else from Double Toast who pointed out, but his crying uh, in the movie. Oh, was, that was Martin. That was all Martin. <laughs> yeah. Once he pointed that out, I could not hear how fake it sounded because everything else was really great about his performance except anytime he had to cry or be sobby where he's just like, <laughs> I, I had the benefit of seeing it before he, uh, before they reviewed it. So I was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. I didn't think yeah. about it, but now that you bring it up, I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Which, although to be fair, again, that scene you're talking about halfway through a lot of that is from him. Like, that scene would not work without the way he played it out, you know? <laughs> yep. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we, we, we've talked at length about how good Michael B. Jordan is for, like, the past, like, six months. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, we, you know, what else is there to be said? Like, he's great. Jesse Plemons is great in Game Night. And Hugh Grant is really, really funny in Paddington 2. There's no way almost any of these people have any Oscar chances, but they are all worth mentioning. They're all really, really good. I, I feel, you know what? You know what? I think Michael B could get that nomination. Maybe again. He, I think out of the five, the I think out of the five, he's the best shot. I think he's the best shot. Will he make it? I don't think so. But he has the best shot of the five. Very possible. Um, now let's see the best supporting actress category. We got Millicent Simmons from Quiet Place. That was the uh, the deaf daughter from the movie. Uh, we okay. got Mackenzie Davis from Tully. We got Letitia Wright for Black Panther. Now, Letitia Wright, which one was she in the movie? She was Shuri. Right, right. Okay. I, uh, I, I'm just not as familiar with that actress, so I'm just like, oh, yeah, that is the one thing I know yeah. from. Um, we got Michelle Williams from I Feel Pretty and Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. For Ocean's 8. For, like, what, did you hate? You, listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you hate Ocean's 8? <laughs> I mean, I just, 
why are the, it doesn't feel like those two deserve mention, uh, M- Michelle Williams and Anne Hathaway, because it's like, Ocean 8, you know, I, I, okay, I haven't seen it yet, to be fair, but I'm just like, is she, I didn't hear anybody talk about her from that movie. Like, I didn't hear a single, like, one way or the other about Anne Hathaway from that film. I, honestly, I heard she was one of the main highlights of it. It was okay. her and, um, and uh, who else was it? I think it was Kate Blanchett also. I, like, I still have to see it. But I'm just I'm just going off what I've heard in the past. That being said, I don't think any of them are going to make it to the last <laughs> to the to the big Oscars. No, and actually, the person who I like the most on this list—I mean, granted, only seen so many films—I really like Millicent Simmons. Like, I thought she was great in A Quiet Place. I just, it, you know, it's such a genre. It, even compared to some of the other genre films, it's very genre. So I doubt she has much of a chance to make it through. But who knows? Maybe you know, kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Then moving on, you got Best Actor. Uh, we got Joaquin Phoenix for You Were Never Really Here. That's which cool. Uh, you got Chadwick Boseman for Black Panther. Wasn't he the guy that everyone said was the blandest of everybody in the cast? <laughs> it's not, the thing is, it's not he's the blandest. It's because everyone has such massive personalities. He's the one to ground everybody. True, true. Uh, then you got John Krasinski for A Quiet Place. Eh, you know, he was fine with that. Uh, Nick Robinson for Love, Simon. And then Ethan Hawke for First Reformed, which this is a very interesting little list. What I'll say right now is I feel like this is one of those things where I feel like Ethan, Ethan Hawke for First Reformed is 100% lock. Because people like at the very... I'm not sure 100% locked, but yeah. But he's a very, very high chance of him making onto the like the final cut. Yeah, him and Joaquin Phoenix have the most like... Oscary projects of the five people on this list. Like, you know, you were never really here is so indie, it's going to be hard for it to really push itself. But, you know, Ethan Hawke's got some street cred for his name alone, and then for um, uh, Paul Schrader, who made the film. You know, it, yeah, that seems like one that's very possible. It could be that little engine that could from the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah, out of, out of the, yeah, the first half, he has the highest chance of making it. And I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've heard nothing but just, like, the most glowing of praise for him. So I think it, he might push it. Oh, absolutely, I think. Everyone else, you know, like, of the people who I have seen in this list, I would never really write home about them. They were all good. They were just, you know, they were good. They, they, were, they were fun in their movies kind of thing. Yeah, the, yeah, they were good, but not Oscar, not Oscar plays. Not, not Oscar no, I think plays. we got some better, we got some better contenders coming up this year. So yeah. uh, then Best Actress, we got Tony Collette Hereditary. Uh, come on, that's got to be a lock, please. Yeah, that, please let that that's, be a lock. <laughs> this thing, Academy's weird with horrors, so they might not, but they probably should. They should. Uh, Charlie Theron for Tully. Okay, another role where she uglied herself up to uh, get an Oscar nomination. <laughs> um, Emily Blunt for A Quiet Place. Natalie Portman for Annihilation. And Danny Garay for... Uh, Black Panther. Okoye. Which, listen. Oh, yeah. If anyone. Like, I know Toni Collette is almost, like, we're not, let's not say it's almost certain, but she has a very high chance to make it. But I'd be so happy if Denai Guerrero actually got it for Black Panther, because Okoye is 100% my favorite character in that damn movie. Oh, she was great. She was great in that movie. I just, I have a hard time seeing her, you know, the Oscar-nominated performance in Black Panther, but... I, I will say that too. That she is, she is very, very good. Probably, actually, you know, I will agree too. I think she's one of my favorite parts of that movie in terms of acting. You know what? Hell, she had like maybe like she was barely in Infinity War, and she had two of my favorite parts in it. Just 
like just showing up. Like the first one was when freaking Mark Ruffalo with the Hulkbuster suit trips, and you just see her look like this dumb motherfucker. And the second one was when it was uh, when everyone is fighting in the battlefield, and Scarlet Witch actually makes her grand entrance and just like destroys a bunch of the troops. And didn't, and okay, just looks like yo. What the fuck was she up there this whole time? What the hell, <laughs> dude? She's top three in my MCU already. <laughs> like that's why I, I want her to win an Oscar for it so bad because she's so good in it. I know it's not gonna happen though. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, I wouldn't be too bothered. Uh, Natalie Portman has no chance. She was just kind of sleepwalking through that movie. I felt, <laughs> but um, Ooh, uh, Natalie yeah, Portman, know, she was no, she was good. I, I, I want to say she was good, not award-worthy, but she was solid. I guess, yeah. I mean, to be fair, she was better than um, uh, freaking Jennifer Jason Lee in that movie, who really seemed like she was just like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> but, oh, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, and then Emily Blunt and Charlie Theron, you know, they're they're fine, you know? Uh, Charlie Theron, I, I feel like, probably doesn't have a chance at all, and neither does Emily Blunt, but well, you know, <laughs> this is, again, that problem with this first half of the year. It's just like, yeah, they're all solid, but without seeing anyone else that's come out later in this year... It's just a big, like, who knows? Who knows who can make it? Who knows what the Academy will be interested in? So. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, now we get into an interesting thing where, again, the Los Angeles films critics divide director between male and female directors. So. Which is fucking, again, it's fucking stupid. It is. I mean, and I get it. It's like, well, if you split up actors, why don't you split up directors? But I'm like, yeah, it's still, it's just not the same. I don't feel Dude, like. Female directors don't even barely get that many opportunities to begin with, much less stuff that gets like through to the Oscars. Yeah. So anyways, uh, the nominees there are Lynn Ramsey for You Were Never Really Here, uh, Chloe Zhao for this movie I've heard called The Writer, which is, I, I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard nothing but effervescent praise for that film. Wait, which was, so, the, which was The Writer again? It was a big, one of those big darlings at the Indie Spirit Awards this year, you know, just the, the little films that could kind of thing. Uh, I don't know much yeah, about western. it. I just know that it's a, it's a Western. That's all I know. It's a Western drama. <laughs> Yep. Um, then you got Claire Scanton for that Netflix film, Set It Up, that we talked about a few weeks back, which, <laughs> I don't know how, it, uh, I remember- Who trying to set it up? Remember, it was that trailer that you didn't see on The Breakfast Pub, where I was like, oh yeah, it looks like a generic, uh, you know, romantic film, where they're trying to set up their bosses for dates. Uh, oh yeah, that one! <laughs> uh, so apparently, out of nowhere, even though I didn't really like that trailer at all, it's kind of become this weird, like, cult following hit on Netflix. I'm just like, Really? Wow, okay. Um, then you got... Okay. <laughs> you got Kay Cannon for Blockers, which, sure, I didn't watch Blockers, I don't care. Um, and I'll, then, I'll watch it, but alright. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna shock you. I actually did see A Wrinkle in Time this last, a couple weeks ago. And I'm assuming you hated it. Oh, that movie's boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, was, I was waiting for Angry Justin, which I almost never see. But that I didn't get it. I'm I'm disappointed a little bit. But all right. No, it, I couldn't even be emotional one way or the other about that film. It's like, yeah, it's okay. So Ava DuVernay got a director nomination for that film. I'm just like, well, it's it's not visually impressive enough to be great, but it's not ugly enough to be boring. It's just kind of it just kind of sits is, is, there, you know. I think it's because like she got nominated because partially because she's the most high profile of all these directors. And like, all right, we can we can give her the nom. Yeah, next to Lynn, Lynn Ramsey, which I feel like she's the one exactly, who's going to win that yeah. category. But it's – yeah, yeah. Um, and then male director the we got – I was, yeah, was going to say she's the favorite of the five, but I don't think any of them are really going to get that nom. Like I don't think – I don't think You Were Never Really Here is going to get 
enough momentum to really make a big impact. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that one, it's, it, Lynn Ramsey is just too indie for most people, I think. You know, just, they're too dark, they're too small, they're too, you know, not to say they're bad films, they're just not Oscar films. Yeah. Um, and then Best Male Director, we got Jason Reitman for Tully, we got Ryan Coogler for Black Panther, we got Alex Garland for Annihilation, uh, John Krasinski for Quiet Place, and Ari Aster for Hereditary. That's that's a pretty solid list. Yeah, it's a decent list. Um, I want to say that, like, if anything, I'm going to throw a left, uh, like a curveball. I think that John Krasinski could possibly get it. Like, out of, oh, out I was of thinking Ari five, Aster, but yeah, e- e- either one of those two, I think, could pull it off. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of those things that, like, John Krasinski, we don't really think about him as, like, we don't we don't really think about him as much as, like, other than Jim in the Office and stuff like that, and him trying to do, like, action roles. But the thing is, is how well he directed A Quiet Place. I feel like that's one of those things that, like, mm-hmm. it could kind of push him forward in the sense of, like, if he doesn't get screenplay, it'll probably get, he'll probably get it for director. It's one or the other. But I, I don't, possibly. I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be, like, a winner, but it could possibly go that far. It's possible, yeah. No, I think I could see him as being a possible contender. I do think Quiet Place might fare a little better in some technical categories because I think for sound design and sound editing, it should get some recognition. Like that—that's a whole like you know the movie is really built on that sound design system they did, and it was really really great. So, um, but yeah, everybody else, I'm just kind of like you know Jason Reitman. Again, I don't think this is going to be his big film this year. Uh, no, no. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Coogler, I could see. But I don't think so. I, like, I would love it, but no. No, and then Alex Garland, yeah, I don't think he has a chance either. So, yeah, yeah. that's all you got to really say about yeah, that category. It's, 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 it's simple. Yeah, no, we, it's simple. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then we got Best Picture, finally, of the uh, this little small list here. We got Isle of Dogs. All right. We got Incredibles 2. Mm, you know, that was, that was good. I, okay. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be a block for animated category. But, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Paddington 2. Which, yay. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. All right, yep. <laughs> Won't You Be My Name? Na- yeah, and then Won't You Be My Neighbor, which I'm pretty sure is going to win Best Documentary Feature this year. Like, just at the rate it's going. Oh, it's a, it's, it's, it's a damn lock at this point. I think so. Like, yeah, it's already June, and I'm pretty sure it's going to win this year. Uh, Tully, and then Annihilation, Hereditary, A Quiet Place, and Black Panther. So, yeah, that, that's all about, like, the it's biggest it's- films that came out this year. That's what I mean. Yeah, the biggest and most like in terms of just, like the most acclaimed films, at least for the first half of the year, it, it, it makes sense. All these are solid picks. Um, personally, if I see Avengers, of, <laughs> imagine Avengers Infinity War gets the best feature nomination. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I would let, dude, dude. No, imagine they pull a Titanic where they get nominated for everything and win everything, and then design the whole set like freaking Thanos' Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> Whoever's hosting that year will come out in a Thanos costume with a giant glove, and they snap just like... <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> no, I, I, I... Yeah, hey. I, I would love for Infinity War to get just one nomination. You know, there's like those little films where you're just like, okay, look, I know this film's not going to get any love anywhere else, but just one category. One nomination. Just please, 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 please. <laughs> that, that's why I kind of want I kind of want them to push for Josh Brolin. I really do. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he dominated that role. So, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a stretch, but I'm like, yeah, if you talk about who was the standout in Infinity War, it was Josh Brolin by far. <laughs> it's his damn movie. <laughs> it really is. 
All right. So, yeah, we got through the majority of that list. So now we're going to the section where we're going to talk about, you know, if there's any films that we missed here or any categories we want to promote, what films we think from this first half of the year deserve attention or have a chance or even in just you know fantasy. Like if this film just out of nowhere, it's like, you know what? Screw everybody else. This film should get a nomination in this category. So uh, Shaq, is there any – what's your first pick for this one? Okay, so in terms of just like so that I feel like he should get attention, I know we brought it up and it's a weird pick, but I feel like Upgrade could possibly get like a technical category. I feel like it deserves a technical category. Like, well, uh, any specific probably, ones? Or? I'm feeling probably best cinematography, just based off like the the camera work in that film, just because it feels so unique and unlike anything I've ever seen before. That I feel like it would it should. It deserves a mention. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't blown away by the cinematography as a whole, but they did some really cool tricks that you don't see in most movies, like that stuff that they do with the steady, uh, the steady cam. That's that. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like the way the camera whips forward, and it were like we we've seen steady cam shots before. Like it's not anything new, but the way they incorporate it here feels so refreshing and new that I feel like it really does. It it feels like nothing I've ever seen before. Like I, like I just said. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So I, yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, so one film here that I really want to promote, and I just, it feels like all the buzz has pretty much died out. Which ironic because the name Death is, or Death is in the name of the movie. Uh, this is the Death of Stalin, the uh, Armando Iannucci's film that came out this yeah. year. Yeah, it's a very interesting pick. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard a lot of great things. But it's one of those things that, yeah, there was a lot of buzz. At least coming out of TIFF, I remember there was a lot of people talking about it. But then, yeah, the buzz just kind of died out because it just got quietly released, right? Yeah, like, it was a very small release. You know, it was bigger in England because, you know, England loves this guy. But it's like, yeah, it felt like it kind of just came and went. Like, I was lucky to see in the theater where it came out, where it's like we didn't have any indie theaters in New York where I was. So it's like, yeah, just it was there for a few weeks and then it was gone. But I'm glad I caught it because I will say that if, in terms of writing, the script was really, really good in Death of Stalin. It's just the problem that I don't know if it's going to measure up to, you know, end of the year. Like, this is absolutely the film that should be paid attention to. But, again, if this is a weak year for adapted screenplay, I would love to see that be uh, considered. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Um, I have I have one more pick that I feel like right. should get a lot more credit that doesn't. Uh, we need to nominate the Hurricane Heist for Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sure Rob Cohen would love to hear you say that, man. <laughs> um, but I'm, yeah, no, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of like because I haven't I, like I've seen a lot, but not anything that I would consider getting to like Oscar season. Um, I feel like yeah, no, not even no, no, probably not that either. Because uh, I was thinking like Revenge, but Revenge is way too pulpy for the like for the Academy. To be, like, best foreign language film, but no, it's probably not. Yeah, no, I, I, but, uh, I, I haven't really yeah, seen no, it. Yeah, I, I, got, I got nothing on this one, sorry. No worries. I, well, I got a couple ones to back up then. So, uh, first okay. of all, I would like to really, again, I, I mentioned this earlier in saying that Hereditary is one of those surprise films and one of my top of the film uh, of the year so far. I don't think it's going to be worthy of best picture, at least. And, and, again, it's too early to really say otherwise. But there's three categories I would love to consider this film for if it had any chance at all. Uh, the first, obviously, freaking Tony Collette. She needs to get a Best Actress nomination. Just period. Yep. This is one of the best things she has ever done in any movie ever. Just so – you can't even believe – like, when you watch the trailers, you think, like, oh, wow, she's doing a lot in this film. You don't even 
know the depths that she has to go to to play this role. Like, she has to she has to be funny, she has to be scary, she has to be uh, sad, she has to be dramatic, she has to cover so much freaking range in this movie. It's really, really She had to do a lot, of, a lot of them at the same time. Which is shocking at points. You're just like, wow, she just turned on a dime right there. <laughs> and it, mm. it was totally convincing. There was there was never a false moment in that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, also... I just want to say, though, I feel like I remember someone brought it up when they watched it, when they told me that I feel like a credit to that is because it was her on. Um, uh, remember that show, The United States of Tara? Yeah. How she played that woman, like multiple personalities. I feel like she grabbed a little bit of that and channeled it for Hereditary in just like a different, much creepier way. Interesting. No, I mean, that, 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 I never heard about that. That's a good comparison, actually. Um, but the other two categories I would love to see it promoted for one, cinematography. Like, just that movie. There's so many great shots. <laughs> oh, dude, the oh, opening God. shot <laughs> when it's just like in that house and it just pans inside and it's like the actual house. I was like, holy shit. Oh, yeah, that was great. Uh, a lot of the, especially the thing that makes a lot of the scares work in Hereditary is how just still and calm and wide all these shots are. Like very few of those like close up jump scare kind of shots. It's just. Yeah, it's just, it lets you watch the scene. It's almost like a treasure hunt where you're like, okay, I'm looking around. Wait, what's that in the background there? <laughs> kind of thing like that. It's, it's just it's so effective. Exactly. Think, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that I really think needs to be uh, recognized is the score. Uh, Colin Stenson's work there with the um, – because uh, he's a guy who previously worked on the Ar- Arcade Fire and a lot of other bands. But his music throughout the movie is really, really just – it's, it sounds so unlike other Intense. Movies. Yeah, it's really intense. It's really cool. It doesn't sound like most other horror movies. Because what he does, I looked it up afterwards, is like he does a lot of stuff with like saxophones and reed instruments and brass where he alters the composition on them. And it's really unique. It's really cool. And especially like some stuff near the it's, end. Like, it's, it, it's physically unpleasant to hear, but in a way that's like, all right. Yeah, like it's not like bad music. Uh, it makes sense here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not badly made music. It's just, it's so creepy and weird sounding. Yeah, like you're saying, very unpleasant, but still pleasurable to listen to in some way. <laughs> it's it, it's a weird contrast. I don't know how, uh, how else to put it. It's just, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Actually, you know um, what? I, I and then one just, that... you know, Sorry, yeah, gonna finish, finish off. Oh, go ahead. No, because no, I'm saying yeah, I, I just thought of I just thought of another movie that I would actually go that needs to be a fucking lock. Um, I know we brought it up before because it got nominated a bunch, but Black Panther. If, if there was ever a movie that I'm like, this needs to win Best Production Design, this is a hundred percent it. Like, I will be furious oh, yeah, I, if it doesn't. I think production design and costume design it should be nominated for. Man, exactly, because. That's all those things are like as as a proud African son, uh, just <laughs> the array of costumes and just like how they represent so many different African cultures. It's just a few scenes, like just like the the the, the crowning ceremony where you see just all these different tribes and just representing so many different parts of Africa. I was like, listen, this is this is something I never thought I'd see in a mainstream film, much less like a massive blockbuster. So the way that the fact that they treated it with reverence and the incorporated in a way that feels so natural i feel like it's one of those things like i'll be furious if it does not win like not nominated if it doesn't win <laughs> well, well we'll see definitely but yeah it does some really cool art design i'm still really freaked out by those giant disc things in their lips though because when i saw that one dude with <laughs> you know what i'm talking about right <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about yes 
yeah, that dude with the giant uh, disc in his lip thing, I'm just like, oh, gosh, that looks incredibly painful. <laughs> you know? Just like, ugh. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah it, it looks... I I would totally I actually would totally agree with you. I'm just like, yeah, it totally deserves some recognition for like art categories because it really really is well done. Uh, all right then. So with that being said, let's talk about the films that we're most looking forward to this Oscar season. So, uh, Shaq, I think you agree with me that when it comes to films that are coming out this year, no film looks more worthy of praise and Oscar consideration and timelessness than the upcoming classic Teen Titans Go to the Movies. <laughs> I was waiting to see what stupid movie you'd pick up from that intro. <laughs> but man, yeah, dude, that's, that's, dude, that's Nicholas Cage playing Superman, Oscar-nominated voice performance. No, listen, listen, you're underestimating the power of Lil Yachty as Green Lantern. <laughs> I didn't even know that was who was cast in that role. Really? <laughs> yeah, that, dude, that's him. Um, but it, it, honestly, like, it looks cute. Like, it, it's going to be fine. Like, it it might skim with, like, the best animated feature, Nom, if there's nothing else. But I don't, it's it's not. Um, in terms of stuff that's actually, like, coming out within this year that I feel like could get Oscar buzz is mm-hmm. uh, Black Klansman is the first thing that just immediately jumps to mind. I knew that would be the first on, one you like, pick. <laughs> oh, Audrey, you, you knew. <laughs> you oh, know yeah. me too well. <laughs> I just had a feeling. Like, it's... <laughs> Listen, I, I always got to go for that kind of shit. But um, yeah, no, just the way that people were talking about it at Cannes, and Cannes is not always like a a good reliable. Like, sorry, um, they're not always reliable. They're not always yeah, reliable. Yeah. Sorry, I, I was fucking up right there. But uh, the buzz that's come out of like Black Klansman since premiering at Cannes. I feel like it, it could push it to, like, potential, like, Oscar territory. Oh, yeah. This is definitely that time of year. Like, like it just so happened that Spike Lee's sensibilities matched perfectly with the material that he was working with. And it's that right, you know, political climate for one of his style of movies. So I think that this, exactly. more than any film he's made in the last few years, is probably his best chance, you know, to really get Oscar love. That's what I mean. A lot of people are saying, yeah, it's his best film, period, in a long time. Like, like the last the last good thing, honestly, I think he did was like what Inside Man, and that was over a decade ago. Yeah, twelve years. Yeah, and even then, Inside Man was not like an Oscar material kind of flick. So even pushing back to like at least like what twenty fifth hour, I want to say this. There's a chance it could be like his best thing since then. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm very curious. And actually, I think that comes out in a few weeks, doesn't it? It comes out in August, so like in about a month from now. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I guess I'm like, yeah, it should be coming out really soon. Um, I think now, it, might be, it might be a limited release before that, but it's, it's going wide August 10th. Yeah. Um, now, this next one, I'm not – like, this isn't my like top most anticipated, but it's one I'm very curious about. It's uh, Damien Chazelle's new film, First Man, that's coming out. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for uh, the people who don't know, this is uh, following the story of Neil Armstrong and all the stuff that happened to get him on the moon. Just all the uh, the, the trials, the tribulations, the difficulties, uh, people who died in the process. Because, you know, when you look into the history of the space missions and that stuff, it was not pleasant. There was a lot of stuff, like people, you know, 
things blew up, you know, bad things happened, people burned. Like, it, I remember one story where, like, the rocket didn't even launch and it just caught on fire and everyone inside burned to death. You're just like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, that's the thing. It's a dang- it was a dangerous thing because essentially you're just, I think Chris put it on the reference point, just like, yeah, you're in a giant tin can with a bunch of rocket fuel blowing up beneath you. <laughs> There's a chance for something bad to happen if that in that case, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, is like, did you see the trailer for it when it came out? Um, yeah, yeah, I did. There were so many shots of just Ryan Gosling just caked in blood from just like all the <laughs> tests that went wrong. I was like, what? The? Like, it looked like only God forgives part two. Wow, that's God forgives two in space. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it looks promising, and it looks very like the one thing I'm most anticipated for this movie. It looks really different than the previous Damien Chazelle films. Like, no jazz, no music, no, you know, dance choreography. It's all a straightforward, like, it, pretty much the way it's made, it looks like a thriller masquerading as a drama or other way around kind of thing. It, it's Exactly, it's really yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they got, you know, of course, then they got this humongous cast behind it. You know, we just got, like, John Bernthal and Kyle Chandler and just... You know, uh, Claire Foy, a whole... Like, there's a laundry list of people on here of, like, recognizable character actors. It it looks mm-hmm. cool. I, I'm very curious to see this one. And I believe it comes out in October. So we'll, you know, we'll have to wait a little longer. But it... I, I want to see it. I want to see if it does anything. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, so then uh, what else is on your list, Shaq? Um, I don't know if it'll actually make it to the Oscars. But just based off the pedigree of people involved in it... I would hope that it's good enough to, like, live up to it. And that's Widows. Yeah. The new uh, Steve McQueen film. Written by... It was, uh, yeah, written by... Well, co-written by Gillian Flynn, who wrote Gone Girl. And just the ridiculously stacked cast. <laughs> like, Vi- uh, Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Liam Neeson, John Bernthal, Brian Tyree Henry, Colin Farrell, Daniel Kaluuya, Jackie Weaver, Robbie Duvall. Like, dude... This is like a who's who of like, holy shit, these are great actors. Oh, yeah. Once he won Best Picture, everyone's just like, I want to work with this dude. I want to work with Steve McQueen. <laughs> it, it, in the trailer, I and saw just, it. Was, it was really well done. Just like, dude, that, that trailer's incredible, dude. Like, I, I've rewatched it, like, so many times since. Like, it snuck up on me. I was like, man, I really got to show this to people. So I showed them, like, yo, this shit looks so tight. I, I, I'm hoping that it leads to, like potential like awards uh like awards consideration i don't know if it will but i'm hoping it does yeah like it's one of those things where on the one hand steve mcqueen does have a chance i mean does have a thing about making really heavy dramas and part of me is okay with that for this film but a part of me also hopes that he doesn't go overboard it's like yeah it's a heavy drama but it's also a heist movie so like, I, I kind of almost wish, like, this is the one where people say, yeah, Ocean's 8, you know, it's a decent female heist movie, but Widows, that's the one to look forward to this year, you know? <laughs> just, I, 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 yeah. I think this is the one that will really stand out. Just so, like, yeah, when you have an all-female cast of, like, top-tier actors with really great directing, really great dialogue, it can really make the difference, and it really makes these films better. So I, th- th- this one's definitely on my list as well. Uh, what else you got in yours? All right, let's see. Um, you know, this one, there's very little information about it still. Like, you hear, like, random casting news for it, but I am super interested in Backseat, which is, te- I think it's still the tentative title until they confirm it for sure, but this is the new film from Adam McKay following up on The Big Short. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember hearing about this. Yeah, so apparently, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work out. It's a biographical drama about Dick Cheney, where Christian Bale apparently has been putting on Tons and tons of weight to play Dick Cheney in this movie. And 
if you've seen the recent photos of him on set, he he looks freaking unhealthy. Like he, he <laughs> even worse than previous. Like oh, no, I got I gotta go look this up right now. Oh yeah, no, it lo- he looks rough. So yeah, he's he's doing his method acting thing there. And then you got freaking Amy Adams as his wife. You got Steve Carell as Donald Rumfeld. You got Bill Pullman as Nelson Rockefeller. You got Sam Rockwell as George Bush. You got Allison Pill as one of the daughters. It, it is a huge ca- Ty- Tyler Perry plays Colin Powell. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be crazy. I I I am very oh excited about God. this. <laughs> oh man, I didn't know about Tyler Perry playing Colin Powell. That's the best shit ever. <laughs> Oh, that's gonna be great. Um, but yeah, so it's just. Basically, oh my god, it's a, that's, dude, that's on my list now. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, it's weird because it's like on the one hand, it's like okay, yeah, it's Adam McKay. You know, he's made one really great movie, and then he's made a bunch of really fun Will Ferrell comedies. Will Ferrell's a producer on this, along with some of the other big, you know, kind of Oscar favorites of producing. A Brad Pitt's a producer on this. Then you got this huge cast. It's it could either be way too much or it could be just right. You know, just that right level of like. It's a drama with funny moments. I don't know. It could be really, really interesting. I'm, I'm just, I'm very, very curious. Yeah. Um, I, I'm so curious and I'm so sold already. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you see the picture? I did. It's creepy as hell. Isn't it just? He legitimately, <laughs> it's just, he legitimately looks like he's about to like, just like, God, no, I don't even know. It's, it's, he just looks so gross looking. Right? Yeah, it's it's that weird lumpy look almost. It looks like he's melting with the fat that he's putting on. <laughs> yeah. Like, th- this can't be healthy. Like, this whole, like, constantly fluctuating weight, that cannot be healthy. Oh, I, I, I'm sure. I mean, what? He's done it, like, three times back and forth in the last few years, even. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I don't um, know. <laughs> so, what else is on your list? Um, Actually, one that kind of took me by surprise because at first i was like oh i'm not interested and then i saw the trailer i was like still not interested but then it, the thing is, is i kept re-watching the trailer because it kept playing in front of movies that i was just like you know what it might actually charm me into liking it y- you're not gonna believe this but fucking a star is born you know I- i'm very curious about that one i'm not sold completely yet but i it it's interesting. It's a very well told you know it's it's been told over and over again because this is what the fourth remake of that film yeah third yeah, third remake oh right yeah. yeah the fourth version yeah yeah so what it's a movie like a story dating way back to 1937 and this is the newest attempt to do that and it's bradley cooper's directorial debut which i'm i'm just like really okay <laughs> if anything i feel like just off of like uh i feel like it's, if there's anything it's locked for it's for best original song because lady gaga is the is also the 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 co-star on this. Oh, of course. And just off this trailer, I feel like whatever song she's going to sing in that point, we're just going to be like, holy shit. Like, this is, this is, <laughs> this is her moment. Yeah. So I, th- I feel like, I feel, uh, yeah, no, I feel like she could probably just n- snatch a freaking, yeah, a freaking best original song based off just her performance in this trailer. So I'm looking forward to this way more than I thought I would. Also, it was so weird to see Dave Chappelle in this in this trailer. <laughs> hey, he's he's getting out there, man. He's he, he's trying to get back into the limelight, so why not? I know, but like this is the last thing I'd see him be in, <laughs> like a a, a move like a kind of semi country romantic musical drama thing. 
and you just have Dave Chappelle there, like, all right. Well, and I love. Oh my gosh, I looked up the uh, the credits here. His character's name listed on the credits is Noodles. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's like, yo, man, my name's Noodles. Nice to meet you. <laughs> just, <laughs> but no, I'm 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 surprisingly looking forward to this because you because you know I don't I don't fuck with musicals. But there's something about this one that I feel like I will like a lot. I'm hoping. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely but, not really a musical per se, but I mean, it's a music it's a film, film about music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, yeah. good way to put it. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm curious too. I, I hope it's good. Uh, let's see. And then also on my list here, I got, uh, you know, I, I wrote down like pretty much everything I was curious about. Um, whew, there, there's so much stuff coming out this year. I, I, I just want to know if any of it's any good. But I will say among my top, most anticipated ones, uh, you know, Barry Jenkins' new film, uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. That, um, he, that should be coming out near the end of the year. Have you heard about this one, Shaq? I have not. I, like, I knew he was making a movie. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon. And when is it coming out? And what is it about? Okay, so uh, one, funny enough still, hey, look, it's uh, <laughs> uh, Damien Chazelle and Barry Jenkins competing again for Oscar films. Uh, wow, they're just going <laughs> to... <laughs> Just... Listen, Barry Jenkins is going to make it two for two, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um, okay, so now the only thing is, technically, this this is still not certain if it's coming out this year. Like, people are hoping it's going to come out for Oscar season, but it's kind of like a, we'll see. If it makes it, that's good. If not, it'll probably just be on barely on the cutoff. Um, but, yeah. so this is a new film. It's uh, uh, starring... Mostly people I don't know. There's Stephen James, uh, Ed, well, a few people like Ed Regina King, Ed Scrine, Brian Tyree Henry, Dave Franco, Finn Whitrock, Pedro Pascal, and it's an ad- adaptation of a book that came out a long time ago. Uh, basically, from what I wrote down and what I read about it, it's about this couple who are living in, I want to say, New York, I think, during this time, and the boyfriend gets arrested, uh, you know, under false pretenses of a rape that he didn't do. And right at that point, his girlfriend is pregnant, and so they're trying to assemble a legal team to help clear him his uh, clear his name before the baby is born. And yeah, that sounds like you know that intimate kind of drama that uh, Barry Jenkins is interested in, and uh, it looks interesting, you know, just to say the least. I don't know these lead actors very well, but I I'm I'm, I'm gonna be curious with anything that uh, Barry Jenkins does after Moonlight, you know? Okay, yeah, oh, a hundred percent, because you know how much I. Toward Moonlight when when that came out because that's all we freaking talked about every time we like anytime I had a chance to talk about it I would. Um, also, Stephen James, he's the most familiar at least out of the two he's more familiar because he was in uh that movie Race a couple years ago he played Jesse Owens. Oh, that guy. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. I like that dude. He was really good. Yeah, so no, I'm I'm listen. You can just say Barry Jenkins is doing blank, and I'm like right, I'm sold. <laughs> so this is already on my list just just finding this out now so like okay you say barry jenkins doing blank what if i said barry jenkins doing porn or something like that he will shoot the fuck out that porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh yeah so that one uh, that one i'm curious about so and then uh anything else on your list shack of ones you're anticipated for you know what it hasn't it hasn't come out here yet and it comes out in like two days but i want to see how sorry to bother you fares in the oscar race I think it might be too small. People are like, "This is but... really, really good." I, I don't think it'll make it, but I'm interested to see where it lies, <laughs> like coming down in the future. Yeah, no, I mean that would be nice. I still have not seen it yet, so because uh, I mean, mostly it's been indie, uh, you know, limited screenings. But hopefully, I get to see it soon because it looks 
it looks interesting. It, lo- it looks very different. So. It comes out on it comes out on Friday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. Which also funny. Um, I posted up about the um th- this uh, podcast on our Facebook group and all of us dot, uh, the all of us Facebook, and that yes. was one that I believe one of our fans asked about. Just like, hey, how do you think that Lakeith Stanfield will fare at come Oscar time? And sorry to bother you. And I'm like, probably not very well, but uh, you know. It, It'll just be nice. It'll be nice even if it gets thought about, I think, the Oscar consideration. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, thank you for considering us. You know, sorry to bother you. We're probably not going to win, but, you know. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Um, Yeah, yeah, so also um, another film that people pointed out, uh, one of the fans here for for the show, they mentioned about the uh, movie Blind Spotting that's coming out soon. Uh, You know that one that we saw the trailer for with. Oh my God, yeah, the one with David Diggs, yes. Which looks great. Like, just from the stuff I saw of it, it's really, like, just the trailer's great. Uh, so people, we know that people on One of Us, they've already seen it. And a few people I know, they loved it. So I I really want to see what that film does. I, I It's one of those things where it may be too small as well. But if that film came out of nowhere for, like, screenplay and actor, I, I would be happy about that. I would be I'd be impressed. I'd be cool. I'd be completely cool with it. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. It's one of those movies that, like, I keep super looking forward to but i keep forgetting because there's no advertising for this freaking thing yeah which i mean i'm shocked by that it's again it's, it must be just a small theater and a small company kind of thing that's behind this but yeah there's only been one trailer that we saw two months ago and it pretty much generated no buzz whatsoever so i'm just like yeah man that's it's it's crazy it really is and I, I don't get it personally but anyways uh so then do you have any other notable ones that you wanted to read off or um, no, I think that's pretty much it. Okay, well, I just wanted to name a few that, you know, hey, people, keep your eyes out for these ones. These are contenders, at least, to say the least. Uh, and again, some of these we don't know for sure, because just like any Oscar season, release dates get shuffled around, things happen, controversies might occur, who knows? But there's going to be, you know, some back and forth on which of these films will end up in the in the spotlight for Oscar season. Uh, so the first one here is this one called Peterloo, which is being directed by uh, everyone's favorite British director, Mike Lee, who makes the most British movies of all time. Like, um, freaking, uh, yeah, Mr. Turner, Topsy Turvy, these films. He He's an Academy darling, so that's why I'm mentioning him. But this sounds interesting, if you can say a Mike Lee film is interesting ever. <laughs> but um, <laughs> basically, I mean, I, I'm saying that. I liked Mr. Turner. It's definitely not for the impatient. But it's it's a fine film. But this film's about a massacre that happened in England where there was some protest over voting rights in a certain district of Manchester. And they sent out the local armed militia to attack these protesters. And somewhere between like 700 people got wounded and 15 killed. So you're just like, Okay, that's different for Mike Lee, where it's not just some drama or some light comedy. It's like, oh, it's an actual, like, tense situation here. So maybe you can get something out of that. Uh, and then... jeez. Oh, yeah, no, I know. It's, it's heavy. It's, Mike Lee does not do light. <laughs> you know? Nope. Um, <laughs> but then uh, there's also this movie, At Eternity's Gate. And, you know, I keep talking about it because it's Oscar-related. I'm mostly interested in this film because, one, it's a... I believe it's a Vince Van Gogh movie. And, two... It's Julian Schnabel, the guy who did Diving Bell and the Butterfly. That's the one major reason I'm painting. Oh, that, it, oh so it's your, it's your boy. Yeah, my boy. <laughs> the, my boy who makes, like, one film every ten years. But, hey, <laughs> when he makes a movie, people pay attention. Like, huh? <laughs> you know? So I'm just like, 
okay. I'm, there's literally like no other information other than that, but I'm like, please, if this comes out this year, that'll be amazing. I- I'll be really intrigued. Uh, and then we also got, among some of the bigger films that are coming out this year, oh, uh, this one here, Boy Erased. This is the new film from Joel Edgerton, you know, the, the, his second directorial effort after The Gift. Yeah, which, what is this? About? Yeah, I literally just looked this up on Wikipedia. All right, so basically the idea... And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so this is based on a memoir that was written a while back where a young kid uh, here played by Lucas Hedges was outed as gay in his community where he's in a very Baptist uh, American town with his pastor father, and uh, which his parents are being played by Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe. And so because of that, he's forced by his parents to go to a gay conversion therapy camp. And Joel Edgerton is the therapist who's in charge of this, where it comes that, you know, they have this intense struggle between the two of them as he's resisting the therapy. And Joel Edgerton's like, no, you need to be cleansed because it's, you know, what God would want you to do and your friends and family won't accept you if you're acting gay still. This is, I feel like this is going to be a rough watch. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm not guaranteed it's going to be great. It's a very baby subject. Like, this is one made for Oscar attention. But... You know, it, it could it could possibly be of some merit. Because I, I don't know about you, I really like The Gift. Did you ever see that one? Oh, no. Uh, no, I love The Gift. I think it was in my top ten of the movies that year. Because it, t- it took me by surprise at how just well it was, like, just how well-crafted it was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was very, like, you know, for a first-time directing effort for Joel Edgerton, that was really a big surprise. Um, now, this other one, here's that other Jason Wright film I mentioned about. It's called The Front Runner. Uh, this one's starring Hugh Jackman, uh, oh boy, Vera Farmiga, uh, Sarah Paxton, J.K. Simmons. It's a political kind of dark comedy biography drama where it's following a guy – you may not have probably heard about this guy. He's an American senator whose name was Gary Hart who tried to run for president uh, back in 1988. And he was like – as Chris put it in Breakfast Pub, he was the great, great white hope for the Democratic Party. Like, the guy like, oh, he's going to be the big contender. He's going to take down Reagan. He's going to do all this stuff. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And then... What happened? He had, he had an affair, and that made all the news circuits, you know, just like, oh, did you hear about the Mrs. So-and-so he's got on the side kind of thing? And pretty much just destroyed oh, no. his career. Just totally ruined it. So, so an- another, an- another big... Uh, de- uh, <laughs> that sounds like the freaking Anthony Weiner story in, like, in like the 80s it kind of is when you think about it just when you think like anthony weiner seems really mild well i mean this this story is really mild in comparison no, 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 to no, no, scandal. No, no. this seems so yeah, this seems so much milder than anthony weiner because his shit went into just like some serious bad shit well okay yeah his, anthony weiner's is much more disturbing this one compared to some other affair scandals we've seen lately is probably a little also as you know it's not nearly as intense but it's still, back in the 80s when this happened, it was a big deal. It, this, like, you know, you, it was amazing to see someone so on top of his game implode the way that he did. So, uh, Hugh Jack... Because another, another freaking politician who wouldn't keep his dick in his pants. Right. But it, it, it does, like, I can see that there's a lot of stuff that you can bring here for, like, a comedic route. Because you said it's a dark comedy, right? Uh, yeah, they're, they're pitching it as a biographical dark comedy. So, yeah, no, the, there's, a, there's a lot of humor you can mine from that. Oh, yeah, I, I think so, too. So, we'll see. I, I'm curious. And Jason Reitman, like, I think dark comedy like that works to his advantage. Because, what, he did Thank You for Smoking. He did Up in the Air. You know, he, he has a way where he can make dark comedies work really, really well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll run through a couple ones that I'm just kind of curious more than anything. Uh... There's Mary Queen of Scots. It's one of these ones that's been popping up on a bunch of prediction sites when I was looking it up. 
uh, it's the newest vehicle. Yeah, for- I saw the, I saw the picture. I saw the picture of uh, what was it uh, Shersha Ronan and uh, Margot Robbie, and I was like, they're going for Oscars. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's also being written by Bo Willimon, who did Ides of March, House of Cards. You know, a lot of big political dramas lately. So, and then what? It's got um, Jack Loudon, David Tennant is in this, Brendan Coyle, Guy Pearce. It's it's one of those films where I know so little about it, but just the premise and who's in it alone makes me curious, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh and then this one I'm not totally sure is going to be Oscar worthy, but Bohemian Rhapsody looks really, really good. The the Queen biopic. Oh yeah, we we had talked we had talked about it before on uh, Breakfast Pub. Go go listen to that episode. But uh, yeah, no, I, I could see I could see where you're talking about. Like, if anything. I could see them try and make a push for Rami Malek as a best actor. No. Oh, yeah. Well, and also the fact that they delayed it to Oscar season because they're generally going to be released earlier. And then when they pushed it back, partly because of the reshoots, I'm sure, but partly because they're like, hey, we got something on our hands here. We got something cool. So, and I'm sure Holidays is also better for box office. So it could probably be a box office contender. And then maybe, you know, it could possibly be pushed for best picture for some other smaller categories. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I just really want to. I want to see it. I'm just very curious. Um, there's this other film I'm curious about only because. Uh, so it's called "Can You Ever Forgive Me?" It's this little indie drama coming out. Uh, one, it's being directed by the woman who did the Diary of a Teenage Girl. Did you ever see that film? I did not. It's kind of creepy because just the premise of what it's about. But it's a. Oh no! It was a really, really well done movie, even considering the subject matter. And this is a vehicle. Believe it or not, it's being pushed as a best actress vehicle for Melissa McCarthy. And uh, the trailer, really? yeah, the trailer just came out a few months ago, and she looks really, really good in it. I'm, I'm shocked. Where it's like, yeah, we forget that when she's not doing her stupid fat comedies, you know, just like, oh, hey, I'm a big chubby girl, and look at me fall over kind of thing. She can actually be a really good actor. Okay. I can see that. But uh, that's, a, that's an interesting pick, but all right. Yeah, and basically the premise, it's kind of one of those baby ideas, too, where she's a woman, uh, based on a real story, where she would go in and find these um, uh, records of people, like, you know, famous letters or famous um, documents from celebrities, and she would forge them and sell them to people for money. And it was just this whole racket that she ran with another friend played by Richard E. Grant for years, and then finally it starts to unravel when people are like, wait a minute, this letter looks really familiar to something else not even related to that person. And it mm-hmm. it sounds interesting. It sounds like it could be a good indie drama kind of thing. Yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had one other one here listed. Do, 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 do. I'm so good at this. You know, um, this last one I want to mention is just because I'm curious also. And it's again, kind of like At Eternity's Gate where I'm like, oh, it's a film by so-and-so. This is a film called Wendy. And we don't know literally anything about this film except... It's the new film from Ben Zeitlin, the guy who did Beats, Beats of the Southern Wild. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, yeah, because he's been gone from the scene for, like, years and years. You're just like, wow, he did Beats of the Southern Wild and nothing. You know, just... Yeah, he just kind of... Yeah, I feel I, like I feel like we would have... Like, he would have done another project since then. Right? Well, I, mean, it's, I think part of it is that he does this kind of thing with his production company, Court 13, where they kind of pass off duties with each other, which is like, yeah, you direct this one, I'll direct this one kind of thing. So I don't know what they've been doing since then. But, uh, yeah, hey, if it's something that he's doing, you know, first film in like six or seven years, I want to watch it. I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? Actually, one last one. This only got my attention because there was a story about it. And when I looked up who's in it and who's directing it, I'm just like, really? This is being pushed to Oscar season release date? Uh, It's a film called Green Book. Have you heard about this one? Green Book. 
The title sounds familiar, but I don't remember who's involved in it. Okay, so this is a new film. It's starring uh, Viggo Mortensen, Mahershala Ali, and Linda Cardellini, where he's a nightclub owner I – mean, sorry, a nightclub bouncer, Viggo Mortensen, whose job is to chauffeur a concert pianist played by Mahershala Ali in a tour in the Deep South. So is, is this like driving Miss Daisy reverse or some shit? Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, it sounds like a tense situation. It's like, oh, we're driving around this black concert pianist in this really racist part of the region, which – why would he schedule a concert in the Deep South anyways for the first place? But yeah. the thing that caught my attention where they pushed it back to an Oscar-friendly release date, this movie is being directed by Peter Ferrelli from the Ferrelli Brothers. Fucking gross-out master supreme. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, wait a minute. That dude who did you know Dumb and Dumber and the Three Stooges remake, he's doing a gritty drama that Viggo Mortensen, who's notoriously picky with his roles, is like, oh yeah, I want to work with this guy. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so confused by everything in that. <laughs> Just from the cast to the plot to the director, none of those things match. No, so this is one where again I'm like I have no idea if this is gonna, gonna actually be any good, but I'm kind of I'm I'm curious. Uh, so, and apparently, this is actually based on a real story from one of the screenwriters. Like his dad was the inspiration for this event that happened. We're just like okay. Uh, Wow. Oh, sure. So, yeah, um, with that, that's all I really have to say about this. Any other uh, last points you wanted to cover? No, that's pretty much we covered all of it. Listen, this is a much more fully featured show than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah, and there's a lot of movies I could talk about on this list. There's, like, tons and tons of films coming out this year, but we just don't have the time. And I just, you know... Again, there's so many, like, I don't knows on this, where it's like, I, there's not even a trailer for this one, there's not even any news about this one, just, it's all speculation. It's because it's all way too early to call. Like, once we hit September, and I'm full on, and we're full on in, like, Tiff slash Telluride season, that's when it's gonna start picking up. Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah, this is just a little preview for what to expect this year. So, yeah, you got what we got so far, what's coming up, and then... You know, we'll be back later in September, October region to start covering this once again, which... Season two! Thank you so much, Shaq, for being a part of this. Oh, no problem, dude. It's fun. It's always fun doing these. Indeed. So then, uh, just for the people out there, Shaq, can you tell us where we can find you on the internet? Yo, find me on all the social medias, all the same ones, uh, at Shaq Excellence. It's S-H-A-K Excellence. You know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitch. Uh, I'm trying to find another... Old social uh, media. D- D- Dig is, is still Dig. Is Dig still a thing? I, I um, think it's. Ustream. <laughs> uh, Justin.tv. Hey, my website. Woo. No. <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't know this. I actually own Justin.tv. It's pretty amazing. But. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm that conceited enough I would make a site named after myself. But anyway. Um, right. <laughs> Well, so you can find Shaq there. You can find me on most of those things. I don't really have a Twitch account because I don't stream, but whatever. Um, you can find me, though, here on oneofus.net. I host, the, uh, well, I sometimes host the Breakfast Pub. I mostly write all the notes. And then I do the Screener Squad, which I believe we have some movies that we'll be covering this week for that, uh, you and me, Shaq. I believe so. Yes, indeed. So that will Hopefully be... it's better than the freaking Jurassic Dead. This... Because I will... I will... Listen, I will never forgive you for that. <laughs> Trust me. This one, I, I will have to say, it just by just by the fact that it's not Jurassic in the title, it's already better than Jurassic Dead. That, that's already a, a step up above not, it, so... Yeah, it's not, it's not incompetent. 
Like I'm like this is going to be some actual competent filmmaking at the very least. Here's hoping. But otherwise, yeah, you can find me on that, and you can find me here. Uh, we'll be back with more episodes, like we said, probably September October range, and we'll start up this whole ride once again with season two. So thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we hope to hear. Uh, we'll hope to talk to you soon. Later. See y'all later. <laughs>